This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the In Focus podcast. I'm your host G Sampath. The inaugural edition of the Women's Premier League WPL is all set to kick off from March 4th. In the auction held earlier this year, five franchises Delhi Capitals, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Gujarat Giants, UP Warriors and Mumbai Indians were sold for a sum total of rupees 4699.99 crores and in the players auction that followed India opener Smriti Mandana went for the highest price with the Adani owned Gujarat Giants shelling out 3.4 crores for her and Viacom 18 as purchased the media rights for the first 5 years for a sum of rupees 951 crores so these are all very impressive sounding numbers here a lot of money so what do they actually mean all these numbers if we translate them into simple layman's understanding of what's happening is the WPL going to change the face of indian women's cricket and will the committed fans of the various franchises transfer their loyalty and the same kind of commitment and interest to the female member teams and how far does the wpl have to go before it can be comparable with the world's top 20 women's leagues such as uh, wbbl of australia we discuss all these questions in this episode of in focus and we have with us amol karhatkar from the hindu sports bureau amol thank you so much for joining us always a pleasure sampath So I'm going to start with uh, for the benefit of our uh, listeners can you quickly take us through the broad highlights of the entire process uh, that was involved in getting the women's premier league off the ground I mean we know that the IPL came into existence in 2008 so why did it take 15 years more for the women's equivalent of it to sort of fall in place so, but uh, my simple assessment is there are still uh, some cynics or skeptics there are those who are saying that why did it take 15 years uh, there are a few who believe is it too early to start the women's league too early okay <laughs> yeah so okay. so the middle ground has been struck by finally starting it off in 2023 with a five team format the primary reason is uh, despite india doing reasonably well at the international level the depth in indian women's cricket was always considered a problem okay now in the last decade or so since the time india has been doing fairly consistent at international stage and there have been a few efforts made at the grassroots level once the basic flow of talent has begun that's why at least with a five team ipl that effectively means every squad has at maximum of 18 girls 12 of whom can be indians so 12 into 5 that's 60 india cricketers that includes 20 odd who regularly play at international cricket so besides that getting 40 isn't that big a deal right now and possibly after every 3 years they'll keep adding one more team now on okay so is there any t- any league uh, sports league anywhere in the world which operates with just five teams I doubt. I doubt. I, I seriously have my doubts. Even the Caribbean Premier League has six teams for women. Uh, I am not too sure uh, the Pakistan League that is being planned uh, how it is going to be operated. At least in the cricket ecosystem, uh, I think this will be the first. And just to add to it, 
the the seeds of this uh, women's premier league were actually sown four years ago when bcc actually started a three team exhibition tournament that collided with the ipl playoffs but that was actually a exhibition tournament only uh, four games used to be played uh, three teams that were actually a combination of five overseas and six indians again the the depth of talent came into equation and uh, but that actually was just to gauge whether one there was market interest two there was fan interest in all of it and once they were sure the last year's women's challenge was played in pune a week before the ipl playoffs and that final had about 15000 spectators watching only a women's match okay none of them were had actually paid for ticket okay still the fact that 15000 people turned up to watch a women's game at a place which is in no man's land there is zero connectivity there is zero public connectivity to the stadium uh, on the outskirts of pune it's around 25 kilometers from the city center when you have so much of response the bcci finally zeroed in on the fact that yes this is the right time and they have gotten going with okay so on the one hand uh, you are sort of refer to some kind of skepticism about the depth of talent but on the other hand you've got such big numbers in terms of money which has poured into this entire auction process you know 4700 crores uh, for the franchisee teams and 950 crores for media rights so i don't see how that can uh, follow if it wasn't for some kind of confidence in the quality of sport that we expect to watch that we expect to sort of uh, be produced uh, in these matches so what is your take on the prices that are fetched by the franchises were they along expected lines or is there some kind of inflated expectations yeah uh, it was very interesting uh, sampath 15 years ago when we attended all went through all this process when it came to men's ipl and then on when they kept on adding teams okay uh, there was a base price set be it for broadcast rights be it for uh, franchises bidding okay uh, come wpl it was a one because even the bcci did not actually know whether to set a base value or not because they were not sure how much minimum they should fetch when the minimum was not set every everything that they got was a kind of a bonus right coming back to the specifics it was weird so for you are saying for ipl there was a base price but for wpl auction there was no base price exactly, for anything exactly exactly when the franchises so if, wasn't there like some kind of a minimum price for women players or 10 lakhs or something that was for the player auction for franchise bidding there was no okay. minimum base price and of the 16 bidders that came to the table adanis walked away with a team by uh, uh, shelling out how almost 2100 or crore and the lowest bid among those 16 bidders was 180 crore for five years just just look at the disparity just look at the yeah. contention yes there were a few bidders who came only to gauge how the process is if they want to take it forward three years down the line okay but there is still a, a, a lot of uh, lack confusion among the investors in so many ways right that the five the bcci did get five guys who actually opened all their pockets if you like what bcci said you compare 2008 men's ipl franchise bids to 2023 wpl and add that inflection index and all that jazz this is more than what they fetched in 2008 that is again expected it's not because of only the wpl or women's cricket model the fact is in 2008 
this model never existed in indian sport now in 2023 they know that possibly if not 5 10 years down the line they can reap rewards even financially so that is expected but uh, to to cut the story short uh, it's everything that the uh, personally with the uh, interaction i was having some, with some of the prospective bidders and some of the industry experts they would have been happy uh, had the bcci fetched anywhere around 3000 crore that bcci got 4700 crore through uh, team bidding and similarly with regard to the uh, rights bidding same case there was zero base price there was no minimum price set because bcci wasn't sure that viacom uh, shelled out 950 odd crore to bag tv and satellite rights digital rights that in itself as in everything is a bonus for now for bcci the, now the onus is on the bcci to ensure that this uh, trust that has been shown in the product is actually uh, percolated in the kind of league bcci comes up with over the next 5 years right so uh, so you are saying that uh, there was no base price for media rights or for the free uh, team auctions but there was a base price for the player auctions i mean is that i mean i assume that is to protect the uh, the viability for and the livelihood aspect for the players so how do you rate the franchises in terms of how they used i think they each had a kitty of about 12 crores to buy the players 18 players or whatever so how do you think they used that money who was the smartest did any of them overpay on any one or two players and ended up you know finding it short in terms of the funds they left over for the others uh, okay so see this was again something new of the three teams that were uh, on the as it already having a team in IPL those three owners do have an experience of auction but there was hardly a less than 3 week window from the time the franchises were awarded and the auction was conducted so there was very little time for them to research the key for uh, indian cricket league success as we have witnessed in ipl is the local talent that you have on board those six or seven players that are indians two or three are internationals of them the other two or three actually make or break a game to find those players there wasn't even enough time okay so people adopted various measures eventually on the auction table yes smriti mandana a lot of people might say that she was overpriced but she was supposed to be the hottest pick and on the auction table as we witnessed for a 12 crore kitty no team should have uh, in an ideal world spent more than 3 crore that's 25% on one player again the difference between what happened at the 2008 ipl auction is every team had had a marquee player allotted so their captain or face of the team was already taken care of even before the auction and beyond the auction money in 2008 ipl the domestic players were not included in the auction so their money was not a part of the auction kitty teams could actually spend over and above auction kitty to uh, sign domestic players all that has evolved in ipl and that has been implemented in wpl from the first season so all you had was 12 crore to manage your team and that's why we saw some of the teams actually uh, did not realize that they bid for an overseas player and were told that their cap of six overseas players was already signed it was expected that uh, a lot of teams actually uh, spent uh, 
handsomely or majority of its sum on international caps, be it Indian or overseas, and then had to actually juggle around to ensure that the minimum uh, 15-member squad was in place. All that is expected in the first year. Hopefully, uh, my simple point is we should not judge any franchise based on what happens in the first edition. In the build-up to it, what has happened so far and then what happened, what transfers on the ground, March 4 onward. We should give them time. Uh, I had a question for you. So, this 12 crores ceiling, why do you, why do they need to cap it at 12 crores? Why, what is the logic that goes into it? Why not 20? Why not 40? Why not let them spend more? It's good for the players, right? If they get a bigger pay packet. Yeah, but the overall finance model that was presented, okay, ultimately, uh, how much of a hit can you take? Even in five years, no team is going to uh, be close to breaking even. So, similarly, uh, the BCCI actually compared some of the highest salaries that are presented in WBBL and the 100 in England and then topped it up. So, overall team kitty of 12 crore is still sizable because just imagine BCCI pays a central retainer of 50 lakh okay, to Harman Preet Kaur and Smriti Mandana. All of those girls who are in the top bracket of central retainer are getting at least double of that for a three-week window of the WPF. So, all those issues are actually being taken care of. 12 crore will become 13 and a half next year, 15 crore the year after that. It will keep increasing gradually. But to start off with, uh, they could not afford to, one, we uh, have players oversold and two, not to burden franchises with too much of financial uh, outflow as such. I mean, franchises are not uh, like forced to shell out the entire 12 crores, right? I mean, they can have, always have the option. I mean, you can have a higher ceiling. If some franchise wants to spend just 5 crores, so be it. If somebody else wants to spend 10, so be it. I mean, how, isn't that, what is wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, so the minimum ceiling was 9 crore. You had to spend at least 9 crore. So that the players are also taken care. As in, it wouldn't have been possible that a franchise bought 15 players at base price and went home happily by saving on money. Okay, okay. So, uh, how much does a domestic Indian woman cricketer earn per annum from cricket, you know? And, and a lot of people are saying it's going to make a big difference because they're going to earn much more. So, can the WPL make cricket a sustainable uh, source of income for the average Indian woman cricketer who may never get to play for India. And I'm also asking this because you mentioned something important earlier. You said that much of uh, the money was spent by these uh, various franchises on international cricketers. They sort of shelled out more for foreign cricketers and, and whatever was left, they were sort of uh, struggling to sort of buy the Indian domestic players from those. So, in that case, if, if more money is going to foreign players uh, and less to Indian uh, cricketers, so how much of a difference will the WPL actually make to what Indian women cricketers are making as of today? Okay, so of the 20-odd Indian domestic cricketers who have been signed for the first edition, okay, none of them have uh, actually seen such kind of money. The domestic cricketers' base price was 10 lakh and 20 lakh. Even if they were signed at base price. What do you mean by 10 lakh and 20 lakh? What is the difference? You had the choice. A cricketer had a choice to select her base price Minimum guaranteed price at the auction. If someone raises a paddle, she will be uh, paid at least 10 or at least 20. That's a cricketer's choice. That's that's the way it works in men's IPL auction also. 
in Indian women's cricket, anyone who is not uh, in contention with India birth, who is not selected for India camps and all, the match fees uh, fetch even if a 16-year-old plays under 16, under 19 and seniors, all that put together will not come to half of it because Indian women's domestic cricket does not give too many match days when it comes to interstate cricket. That's one of the uh, uh, flip sides of Indian women's domestic structure. So, even 10 lakh is way too much right now. The Indian women's domestic structure overall, it will definitely be uh, benefited, but not in such a short run. Right now, the availability was very limited, player pool. Thankfully, because the India uh, squad had actually won the under-19 Women's World Cup, which was held for the first time this year. That's it! History! The first champions of the inaugural ICC Under-19 Women's T20 World Cup. There was a lot of uh, uh, raw talent that was on display. Ultimately, uh, for franchises, to have that footage of cricketers in itself was a big challenge to unearth talent. So, most of the girls who featured in that Under-19 World Cup for India they actually got a bid, most of them. And beyond that, whatever little scouting they could do. Next day, next year, every talent scout will actually be around for all the domestic games in India for women's cricket also. And that's where that's where the real talent will come to the fore. And a lot of times we have seen that in Indian women's cricket, a girl who is not employed by railways, railways is the sole employer of women's cricket in India. Beyond that, uh, a girl who is actually doing her graduation and trying to balance cricket out because she loves doing that, at one point, she turns her back on cricket for the sake of profession. Like, similarly to what the scene was in men's cricket till like 20 odd years ago, right? There comes a point when a youngster has to decide whether cricket is a viable option or uh, there is a better career option. And... That will change two or three years down the line. That even if you do something else, if you can be serious about cricket, give some time to it and be fit and uh, own your skills, be relevant only for this month-long window, you can still persist cricket as a possible alternate or full-time career option. That's where WPL will lead to eventually. Right. So, you're saying, in other words, that uh, even players who may not be uh, in the reckoning for the India cap, uh, they can actually uh, increase the longevity of their uh, playing years, of their career, uh, because they always have the option of WPL to, to make a living. Uh, in, in a three-week window, they can probably earn enough to keep them going for year after year. Yes, exactly. Just look, I can uh, just cite an example. There's a girl, uh, Muna Meshram. She's from Nagpur comes from a very humble background, has represented India for the last 4-5 years, is nowhere close to being in reckoning for international cricket. This year, she was a part of the IPL women's uh, shortlist for the auction. Didn't attract a bid. Next year, she will strive harder to ensure that there is a bid for her. Right? There are several such Mona Meshrams in Indian domestic cricket. And the fact that if they put in those hard yards, the younger girls in their own setups are going to be immensely benefited from them. So that's where it will lead to for the first five years till a new generation of young cricketers who are actually focused 
primarily on WPL will overall lift the standard. But till then, the seniors will have to lead the pack is how I perceive it. I may be completely off the mark, but that's the way I see it. And two, longevity part comes into question even when it comes to overseas cricketers. It's like you have a West Indian legend in Deandra Dottin. She has given up on international cricket. She has retired. She has been a freelancer across the world. Now in WPL, she might stretch her career for a couple of years more because ultimately WPL money is uh, just like the IPL. The money that a cricketer draws from all the tournaments put together, the WPL pays them more. So that way they can try and stretch themselves. And interactions which haven't we seen it. It's like any any youngster who is blooded into international cricket in men's cricket in India, there, there is no way anyone is actually shy or uh, disillusioned or overawed by the international cricket opinion. And IPL is a factor in it. Something similar may happen thanks to WPL in women's cricket. Right. So, you're saying, in other words, WPL will also serve as a valuable feeder of talent for the national team? Obviously. One, uh, feeder line for the national team and two, a career option on its own. I am not sure how long will it take for both the things to actually come true. But everyone has given WPL five years. Right now, all the franchise contracts are for five years. Uh, WPL as in franchise contracts are in perpetuity. Broadcast rights are for five years. So all the all the financial models that have been actually drawn up are for a five-year window. And in five years' time, we will have to actually recheck, reassess as to where it has evolved into and the next way forward. But first five years, I feel we just need to be patient rather than one either uh, looking down on it for no reason or trying to actually. Uh, Hype it up too much? Yeah, exactly. You said it. So, one final question, Amol, before we uh, wrap up. Uh, how does, I know it's uh, too early to sort of raise this kind of a comparison. How does uh, the WPL, in terms of its uh, current uh, stage of development, uh, format, strength of teams and players and so on, how does it compare uh, with a league such as the Weber Women's Big Bash League of Australia? I mean, what, what are the lessons do you think that we can borrow from their experience considering that They've been around, I think, since 2015, 2016. And you did mention earlier on um, that that the prize uh, kitty, you know, the kitty for uh, buying players, they, they sort of checked it with what the scene is with WB, WBBL and, uh, and then sort of topped it up and so on. So how do we compare overall at this stage and what do we need to do more to be in the same league for the WPL to be in the same league as the WBBL? Okay, uh, the key is, see, WBBL in 2022, the international players were being paid somewhere around, roughly around 40 lakh, okay. So, here, uh, the top international Australians who are featuring in uh, WPL will be paid at least 50 lakh. That way, they are sorted. Money is not the issue. The difference between... So, we will be, you are saying, in other words, that the, the best of WBBL will, will have a greater incentive to shift to WPL. Yes, but... But uh, the fact is, WBBL in terms of standards has established itself not just because it has been around for six or seven years so far, but more importantly, the talent pool in Australian women's cricket is much more. Why WBBL could start so early was because a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people uh, who actually blindly make this comparison between men's and women's cricket in India 
and uh, through the australian examples or england example or new zealand example a lot of those uh, structures women's cricket structures actually are directly supported directly funded by their respective governments which is not the case in india the bcci does not seek any support from the government and that's why we should actually be careful while comparing the financial aspects of both these leagues the talent pool in uh, wbbl is much larger for the quality of cricket to actually replicate wbbl it will take two or three years more or we'll have to be heavily reliant on the overseas talent which was similar to what the case was in ipl in 2008 uh, ayogesh tatole being pitted along with sachin tendulkar and sanan jaisuriya there was a lot of imbalance now that has been taken care of right something similar will happen in wpl if we are patient with right well, one last question amul uh, we didn't talk much about the actual teams uh, how do you think the teams are matched i mean you mentioned earlier that ipl in its first auction had like one marquee player for for every team but i don't know if we have the similar system with these five teams you know i mean i i don't follow uh, this too much closely but i know there is smriti mandana with, with gujarat so are there like an equivalent marquee player uh, for every team or are there other ways in which the teams are reasonably balanced do you think they uh, intentionally avoided having marquee players so that everyone is uh, starts on the same page okay and number 2 see with a 12 crore salary cap no there was a very little chance of any team bagging three marquee players in its kitty so the squads are more or less balanced you see delhi capitals are thinking of the future they have heavily invested in some of the younger established stars okay it's like they have got hold of demaima rawtrix and chefali work with with a senior like meglaning around the australia that way uh, everyone's focus smriti mandana it was expected mumbai and rcb will actually have a price war it happened a lot of it uh, loosely from the branding perspective also has got a lot to do with the fact that smriti mandana's uh, jersey number is 18 in sync with rcb's uh, men's marquee player who we know also wears jersey number 18 so uh, all these things in terms of squad strength no uh, i am I, i i it's not that i am leaving it outside off but i am not too sure uh, based on the squad strength are we in a position to judge who the title favorite is because like i said everyone shooting in the dark in 2008 no one would have been able to predict rajasthan royals would win the first ipl it happened here with the limited talent uh, available who will walk the cake in the first edition i am not too sure maybe maybe if we have this conversation along with pk ajit kumar who will be covering the tournament primarily for the hindu if we can do an episode midway through the tournament i think we'll be in a better position to uh, right that's not a bad idea maybe we should consider doing one more uh, as the tournament uh, kicks off thank you so much amul for joining us and for sharing your thoughts and your observations because this is, this is i think a historic moment for indian cricket for indian women's cricket in particular hopefully it will be uh, uh, three weeks of a lot of excitement and enjoyment for uh, cricket fans uh, not just in india but abroad as well thank you so much wonderful thanks a lot in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues.
In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.